Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of North Shore News Week with your hosts, Martin Carlino and Joe Coglin, co-founders of the recordnorthshore.org, um, your non your friendly neighborhood nonprofit news site. A lot of ends in there. This podcast, we run down the week that was in your community, give you kind of the headlines and some brief snippets of the stories we worked on the past week um, with our nonprofit newsroom. So um, try to give it to you in a little different format. We do three segments here. We do our lead story, then we go up and down the shore, and then we do our featured feature um, before sending you on your way. So um, per usual, we're just going to dive right in here with our lead story. Um, and as, as it is so often, we're going to lead with um, some, some COVID-19 related news. Um, and a lot of things are moving, a lot of moving parts as COVID kind of continues that steady regression um, and the mitigations follow it, um, ease up as well. So um, what we have right now is vaccinations. Um, we released a story um, a few days ago, um, actually about a week ago, about six days ago about how there's mass sites opening up in the area that are accessible to the North Shore. While they're not technically in our coverage area, they're in displays just a few miles outside of it. And then the United Center was originally opening as a large, a large scale vaccination site for all Illinoisans. Well, some things have changed. So we wanna give you some updates first. First, let's start with the United Center because that's the most important one um, because none of the information that we reported a week ago that was accurate then is accurate now. Um, it is not currently open to suburban Cook County residents or Illinoisans um, for that matter. So um, do not try to get an appointment there. As a last second audible, the um, city of Chicago and the federal government, it's a federal site, um, changed it to Chicago only residents to start. Um, so first they're gonna move through, they're gonna go through tiers with their 100,000 um, vaccinations. They're going to go from Chicagoans 65 and above, and then um, Chicagoans that qualify in 1A, 1B um, still, and then they're going to go maybe to suburban Cook County if they have appointments remaining and select suburban Cook County. So um, you're not going to hear, I think, for a while. Um, I think um, their explanation for that late second change was they were, I think they were getting a lot of maybe out of outside of Chicago and they wanted to make sure. And Chicago was also, by the way, falling behind in major cities being vaccinated. So they wanted to make sure they were hitting um, areas of the most affected people um, and making the distribution as equitable as possible. Um, so United Center is a no-go for our coverage area. It also sounds like, Joe, if you were able to get an appointment between last Thursday and the early part of last Sunday, and you were 65 or older, even if you weren't a Chicago resident, that you still would be able to follow through with that appointment. I believe when it originally opened up, it was for anyone in Illinois 65 or older. And the initial plan was when, I should say, if there were leftover appointments uh, as of 4 p.m., I believe it was on Sunday, that then they would open it up for what they are now calling a new group as 1B+, plus, which is for anyone who has what they are calling a, uh, a high risk or a chronic condition. There are about, I think, eight or nine of those, so I'm not going to list them all off. You can find them on 
on the county or the state's website on their on their vaccine pages. Um, but then I think maybe about an hour or so before those appointments were supposed to open up, you alluded to it, Joe, that the mayor's office and the governor's office and um, the federal government as well pivoted to make it Chicago only because they saw in that first two to three day span that many of the appointments were being booked by suburban Cook County residents. So they are now, it is not, the United Center is now exclusive only to Chicago residents. And in the event that um, someone from Chicago is listening to our podcast, they also today announced a series of several Chicago zip codes that no matter age, no matter if you fall into 1A or 1B, very shortly you will be eligible to sign up for an appointment. So you said it best, Joe, lots of things changing, very confusing, um, constantly updating. So um, we'll do our best to, to just keep refreshing and updating our, our articles on our website to, uh, to make sure our readers and listeners have the most updated information. But this is, this is stuff that is, is constantly changing and constantly being updated. And just, just to be clear, um, with suburban Cook County at the United Center, there will be some appointment slots. Cook County has said that, um, but you're going to hear from them before it is. It's not yet. So just stay tuned in your news outlets, or if you constantly check the Cook County site, stay tuned there. Speaking of Cook County sites, that's who leads the displaying site, um, which is um, in an old uh, abandoned Kmart store, a vacated Kmart store at the corner of Oakton and Lee Streets in displaying. So not too far from our coverage area. That's a max vac vaccination site for everybody who is eligible. Um, you know, you can go to uh, the Cook County website um, to really try and try and try <laughs> to get an appointment, vaccine.cookcountyil.gov. Um, all this info is on our site as well, or you can call 833-308-1988. That's 833-308-1988 to try to get an appointment. Call that number Monday through Friday, seven to seven, um, to try to get an appointment. Do what you can. I know it's very difficult to get an appointment for a lot of people. We, we'll, we're happy to help if, if you need us to, um, but uh, that's, that's what's open right now. Uh, the displaying site is a mass vaccination site. They're hoping when the supplies there, they can do upwards of uh, thousands a day. Um, they're not there yet, but they are um, accepting the appointments they can handle. And it's just been, I guess, the, the, frustrating, thing, the frustrating thing for many has been the just overall confusion on the process. I think there's still so much um, confusion regarding who qualifies, who doesn't qualifies, where you can go, where you can't go. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but this is one thing that I found very confusing is Chicago and the United Senate Center specifically the only place right now taking group 1B plus, or has that filtered in its our, way into Cook County as well? Or is it... In our area, yeah, I think that's the only one. Um, okay. I think across the state said that 1B plus can schedule, but Cook County, DuPage County, and the city of Chicago... I'm not sure about Evanston or Skokie. They have their own health departments um, have said they don't have the supply for that. So they have denied people who are one B plus, um, which you, which you defined earlier. So I think right now for our area, it's, it's one A and one B um, besides displays. Um, there's other Cook County sites in our areas, other clinics. There's also uh, Walgreens and Mariano's slash Kroger 
um, and you can go to their websites and try your dangdest to sign up there. I heard Walgreens, there was some success this week for a lot of people. I heard they released some, um, some, uh, a bunch of appointments. Um, but then again, a lot of people tried right after that. So who knows, but give it a try, do your best. I know it's not uh, very convenient and I know it's a fluid situation, um, but um, keep trying. And just worth mentioning in case anyone listening um, is right outside of our coverage area in Glenview. The Village of Glenview just announced that tomorrow, Mar- Thursday, March 11. So if you are listening to this podcast early enough, that they'll be administering vaccine, the Moderna vaccine at Glenbrook South High School. Um, it's, my, it's my understanding that it's only for uh, Glenview residents 65 or plus, but um, just want to mention that in case anyone listening to, that, to this podcast falls into that group. It should be a, a very effective way for you to get an appointment because it sounds like there are going to be some uh, available options um, Thursday, again, Thursday, March 11th at, um, Glenbrook South high school. Yeah. Good call on that Marty. And, um, another area thing, uh, area site that people are keeping their eye on, um, is the Nutrier site, which has been for, um, frontline workers, essential workers, public workers, educators, police officers, so on. They're moving, they're doing another round, um, for those types of workers Friday, um, and you could see that they're slowly vaccinating their um, public employees and our first responders. Um, so we may be getting closer. I have no knowledge of when or how um, to that being a public site, but I know a lot of people are keeping their eyes on it. So if you are on Friday, about 500 more uh, individuals, essential workers, public officials in the area will be getting a vaccine um, shot there. Yeah, and Wilmette's village manager, Mike Brayman, briefly mentioned it last night at uh, Wilmette's Village Board meeting that the village is working closely with the county to try to expand the use of that site and potentially um, bring something forward that might look similar to what's happening at GBS, where there might be a a set day where um, senior citizens will be able to come in and get the vaccine there. He did, he did say they're, they're not quite there yet. It's, it's still in the works, but um, keep your ears peeled and maybe we'll have news to report um, pretty soon here with some, some potential public use opportunity at uh, Nutrier's Northfield campus. And just one more thing we wanted to tie in with this lead story about uh, um, related to the COVID-19 that the state did announce um, expansions or allowances um, of outdoor um, of fans, I'm sorry, spectators at outdoor sporting events, which um, for a lot of you, um, you know, that's relevant for professional games such as the, the Cubs and the White Sox, but also local games uh, such as baseball games and football games coming up um, where it's about 20%. I think news is going to come out from your high school about exactly the, what number that is and how to secure your spot, but just keep an eye out because that news was delivered and announced and uh, it is happening. So that's the latest we have for you. It's, it's changing and it's fluid and we're doing our best here. Um, if you want to know anything specifically, want us to dive anything more uh, deeper, let us know. Please shoot us an email, newsroom at therecordns.org. Um, we take those all seriously and we do what we can. Um, we work for you guys after all. So thank you very much. Uh, that's our lead story. And uh, check out the full thing 
um, the full breakdown of the display site at the record northshore.org. Moving to our second segment, up and down the shore, uh, where we we start in the northernmost point of our coverage area and move to the southernmost, um, stopping with with stops along the way. We're going to start in Glencoe, uh, where we have a fun story, actually an update um, for our reporter. Uh, I'm sorry, our managing editor Megan Bernard took the story on. Um, she's reported on these entrepreneurs out of Glencoe who invented the huevos chip. Um, the huevos chip is an egg white um, low calorie snack um, that's that's kind of taken off in the past few years. Um, and they were recently in an, at the end of January on an episode of Shark Tank and they got an investor. Um, so they gained, um, I believe, um, $200,000 for... 10% of their company from Daniel Lubetsky, um, who's the, uh, the owner of Kind Bars. Um, so they, they got an investor, they're gonna be able to expand their product. And just since that episode aired, um, they doubled their sales. Um, at least they did in the, in the immediate aftermath. And they said since then, the sales have, have just been up consistently. So uh, big news for Fuevos. The two entrepreneurs who I didn't mention yet, sorry about that, are Nick Hamburger and Zach Schreier. Um, and uh, yeah, they invented this chip a couple of years ago. Um, and, and this is just going to help their distribution. They have a bunch of flavors. They got dill pickle. They got two types of barbecue, cheddar. Sea salt is on the way for you sea salt lovers. Um, who and- doesn't love a good locale dill pickle snack? I mean, who, who doesn't? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I wanted to make sure I had, um, which entrepreneur, um, had diabetes, um, and it's, it's rare. So, um, he was looking for a low carb snack because of his type one diabetes and that's how they came up with it. Um, and he kind of knew that he liked eggs and, and sometimes they can be crispy and he liked that too from egg whites. And that's how they started huevos. So pretty cool stuff. We have a little video in there. Um, some fun photos from shark tank. You guys should check out the story. It's a fun story. Um, out of Glencoe. Then we're going to take a step down, uh, move south a little bit to Winneka, where um, a scaled down housing development got the okay. Yeah, and we've been on this story for a little bit, Joe. I think we first reported on it in October of 2020. And it's something that's been in the works now for close to two years, but it uh, finally got the stamp of approval from Winneka's Village Council last night. And that is a new uh, five-unit multifamily uh, housing development at 688 through 694 Green Bay Road in Winneka. So as I mentioned, got approval uh, during a, a special village council meeting on Tuesday, March 9th. And this project was first introduced to the village in 2019, and it was met with some opposition from uh, local elected officials. And they sort of told the developer that it needs uh, several revisions and it was met with some pretty heavy neighbor contention as well. And then as I alluded to, it actually had come back to uh, village governing body, bodies and advisory boards in October of 2020. And it actually got a negative recommendation from Winneka's Plan Development Commission in October. So the developer had to go back and uh, revise and refigure a lot of elements of the proposal. And one of the most notable elements that was changed is it was originally going to be six units, now five units. It was also going to originally be a four-story structure, and it's now a three-story structure. So the building was also rotated about 180 degrees, 
in a different direction so that it respects um, neighbor privacy and some neighbor concerns as well. But uh, it's moving forward. Uh, it's moving forward. It's officially moving forward now, and it has the uh, approval from the village almost two years later. So something to, to keep an eye for and a new um, housing development coming into Winneka. And that brings us to, uh, we're going to sidestep over down Willow Road to Northfield, where we have an update from our Olympic hopeful. How'd she do, Mark? Yeah, she did really well, Joe, but unfortunately fell just short of uh, winning the Olympic trials and coming in first place. And uh, to move forward in the trial process, you do need to, um, she would have needed to come in first. And she uh, fell just short, finishing in second by about uh, eight seconds. So she's still going to have one more chance at the 2021 Olympics, but she admittedly said that it's not as strong of a chance and not as viable as a chance as the one that she had in late February. But um, yeah, Grace Joyce and her partner, Christina Cavallo, they were really pleased with their showing in the Olympic trials. Um, they went into it with some confidence that they were going to be able to, to compete and be right there. And they, they backed that up. They were right there and just short. And the encouraging thing Grace said is that she's uh, only 22 years old. And this is sort of, sort of her first shot at the, uh, at the Olympics. So she's really ready to put a lot of effort and training into the next three years and devote that period to, um, securing a shot and having a, a little bit of a even better chance at the 2024 uh, summer games in Paris. So um, really strong local rower who's a Nutrier alumna and she's uh, looking forward to big things ahead and uh, believes she's got a really strong chance at the 2024 games. So we look forward to, uh, to following how she does that second chance that I mentioned is going to be in April. Um, but if she is not able to make it in April, she said she's going to go right back to training for uh, 2024. So looking forward to, uh, to seeing what she's able to, to make in the next coming weeks and years here. Really cool stuff. Uh, keep an eye on, on Grace Joyce and her, uh, as she shocks the world over there of rowing. Pretty cool stuff. Um, and we will certainly keep an eye on her as well. Um, so congrats to her on the great finish. Um, Moving back across Green Bay Road, or should I say across the Edens, we're just going to tip into Wilmette, uh, where we have a, a story. Um, weather, war warmer weather, good thing, um, but uh, construction's back a little bit. Yeah, you said it, Joe. The warmer weather is here, but that means that Wilmette Central Avenue and downtown streetscape project is back as well. Um, so obviously you probably know what I'm alluding to if you've been through downtown Wilmette in the past uh, six or so months. You've noticed the, uh, the construction uh, in downtown Wilmette, but because winter season is now behind us, I say thankfully as I knock on wood, uh, construction work is beginning again. And uh, that started with a one-way detour on Central Avenue this past Monday, March 8th. So uh, that leaves Central a Avenue as a westbound only between 11th Street and Sheridan Road. Uh, so keep that in mind if, you, if you're heading in that area. But uh, this, this third phase of work now is going to last until the village is estimated around May, and it's going to specifically focus on Wilmette Avenue. So um, I believe the estimated timeline for completion is about 14 months. So I think we're looking at uh, maybe still end of this year before the following winter season. Uh, maybe hits us. So still going to still going to be dealing with some construction work and uh, 
detours in downtown Wilmette, but all businesses are reportedly going to try to stay open. So uh, for, for locals looking to still frequent the downtown Wilmette area, keep that in mind as you uh, try to support some of the local businesses through the pandemic here. And uh, I, I just wanted to throw in another update that we did this week. Um, you guys may have remembered um, a, a story we did in, in um, a few months back about a jogger in Wilmette who was pepper sprayed by a, by a fellow um, walker um, right there on the sidewalk. And the person yelled, um, you know, basically don't get too so close to me. Uh, well, that person was arrested by Wilmette police. Um, there was security footage involved and, and the victim was able to ID the person after they caught up with him. Um, he was actually arrested in February. Um, there was no real reason for the delay in the announcement, but, uh, in the reporting, but, um, that's, that's just an update. You guys can check out the full story on the arrest was a woman resident, 70 years old, a 70 year old male, um, was arrested for pepper spraying a jogger. Uh, and it was an isolated incident, nothing before, nothing similar before or after um, from that individual. So that is up and down the shore. Um, um, that's our second segment. And we're moving to our, our third and final segment, our featured feature in which we have a, we're going back to Glencoe and another um, entrepreneur um, who's, whose business, as they say, exploded during the pandemic. Lilia Barber, uh, Lilia Barba is a, uh, a mother in, Glen in Glencoe who had an Etsy, co Etsy company for a while called Craftophology. I guess that's an Etsy store. Craftophology. And she made party supplies, personalized banners, um, and even some pinatas. Well, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, she made a pinata um, in the shape of a, of a microbe, of a, um, I guess, a coronavirus microbe. And uh, people loved it. Um, and her business just shot through the roof. So there are many pinatas. Um, she's that work in and of self was um, featured on New York Times and Telemundo. Um, just a very cool story about making the most of it during a pandemic. Um, and Megan Bernard, um, oh, I'm sorry, Aaron Yarnell, our reporter Aaron Yarnell worked on this story. It's really cool, really fun. Kind of goes through the, walks us through kind of what was uh, Lilia's thought process behind it and uh, how her business has really been a quote unquote smashing success. I'm gonna make a lot of pinata puns right now um, during, during the pandemic and people just loved it. It's now her full-time job, Joe, which is pretty crazy. And I think she estimated in the story that it, she's already completed more than 2000 orders, which is just really, really extraordinary. And it kind of just started out as a, as a little hobby during the pandemic and I think so many of us can can relate to that. We, we probably can't relate to the part where it became a, a full-time job and a great success for us, but we can relate to the part where we picked up little hobbies um, during the pandemic. So it's, it's really awesome to see that this turned into um, something that's not only bringing her joy, but also is, a, is, a, is bringing her some, some great success as well. Yeah, and these are her own designs. It's just really cool. Um, you guys got to check out this full story on Lilia Barba out of Glencoe. Um, and that is the episode. That's uh, North Shore Newsweek. Thank you guys for tuning in, um, for listening. As always, remember that all these stories in their entirety are on our website, the North Shore 
I'm sorry, the record North shore.org. Um, and uh, we are a nonprofit newsroom. We do all this work. Uh, vast majority of it is provided free of charge. So think about donating, think about subscribing. Um, obviously this podcast is free as well. So uh, we believe in access to uh, quality information. So hope you guys um, enjoy it and value it. And um, before we let you go, we're going to kind of um, tip our hand a little bit. It's what's coming up and it's an exciting time of year, at least in, in this industry. And we hope for you as well as it really matters. And it's election season. And in, in these communities, it's a doozy. I'll tell you. Um, and we got a lot of things planned. Um, we released kind of a, a short starters guide, which tells you when some of our stories are coming out, gives you important dates for things like early voting, um, where you can early vote, etc. cetera. Um, some dates from the League of Women Voters. We got a link to the League of Women Voters Voters Guide. Um, we, we've got a lot of stuff in there. What we're doing is we're going to have profiles, uh, I should say previews, of the races. Specifically, um, we're focusing on the Wilmette Village President Race, um, where we're going to have a couple taped interviews for you guys we're going to give you, as well as the Nutrier School Board Race, um, where we're also going to have um, some audio for you guys to listen to of our interviews. So, um, big season. We really believe you guys should be, whether you vote or not, you should know who your elected officials are or could be. And when you go to the voters booth, you have every opportunity you can to do your research beforehand. And, uh, these, these public officials or public officials who, uh, wannabes, uh, are going to affect, make decisions that affect your everyday life. So we hope you tune in. Um, we're going to do our best efforts to, to, to give you as much information as possible. And we have an election page as well for you. Huh. So that's what we're working on next week. I'll tell you that <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, also there's two referendums, one out of Glencoe for a bond referendum, one of Nutria Township an advisory referendum that Marty's working on both of those. We're going to have both those up this Friday, part of our election coverage. So all that and more, I'm a little out of breath at North Shore at uh, the, uh, the North Shore Newsweek. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.